Before we get started, I just have a, a quick clarification here. Instead of Harrison, we were actually supposed to have Snoop Dogg on today's show, uh, but I we didn't offer him a spot. We didn't feel like he was worthy of it right now because he had a little too much fun with Bill Oram's favorite uh, college football team over the weekend. Yeah, I, I just wanted to say, just for clarification, I've definitely never attempted coups on Anthony multiple <laughs> times on his own podcast. <laughs> it has never <laughs> happened. No, I would never do such a thing. <laughs> Welcome to The Late Show. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Harrison Fagan. Harrison... It doesn't make me the pettiest person in the world that I'm taking so much delight in the Spurs just completely falling off of a cliff this year, but it's close. (laughs) I'm really enjoying this. I mean, honestly, as someone who got Pop is Overrated tattooed on their bicep, like, (laughs) over the summer this year, I honestly, like... so confused, or your grandpa? (laughs) Oh, no, I was talking about you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... My grandpa is not thrilled with me. Yeah, well, but hey, like, you know, it's like one of those things. If you're going to make a prediction, it's like I always say, you should be willing to tattoo it on your bicep because Mm -hmm. otherwise you're not sure enough about it. And you were sure. And it ended up like really showing. And it's like, look, Kuz came back. He was all right. But he kind of like clearly didn't get that much help from Team USA. So pops overrated on that front. Mm -hmm. Um, Coaches America to their worst finish in years. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now the Spurs are bad. I I think it's time to ask the question, is pop a system coach? (laughs) Like, does he need... We got. We're going the other Is way. Is he a superstar no coach? Player. Like he Just, needs Tim Duncan. Yeah, he needs Tim Duncan. He needs good players. Like yeah. no other coach in NBA history. No <laughs> other. Co- no other good coach. No other in great, NBA yeah. history has ever needed good players. It's just like all them. Yeah. Except for Pop. Is yeah. Like one of the first guys that is being expo- being exposed as a you know a clown fraud. I think. I. Yeah. Travis Shamarkery, Greg Popovich. I do got to say, like, Adam was trying to do the thing on Lockdown NBA, which we do on Fridays. Adam was trying to say, like, this is kind of sad to see Pop go out this way. I'm like, what? Huh? Sad? I think if you were a neutral basketball fan, it might be sad. But, you know. I feel like for Lakers fans, like, like they're they're like banging drums (laughs) like the Ewoks at the end of Return of the Jedi. Like, I can't wait to kick dirt on their grave. Like I, I'm, I'm warming up my leg as we speak to to make sure I get a proper amount of dirt when when we finally put the San Antonio Spurs in the dirt in the in the ground. <laughs> I can't wait. This dude, like, spitefully traded Kawhi Leonard for pennies on the dollar just because yeah, he didn't he want him to go for to, like to the Lakers. There were reports he wanted like four firsts from the Lakers in addition. It was like three. It was some outlandish number yeah. beyond. And he wanted like basically the entire young core too for Kawhi. And then he trades him for Jakob Pertle and like, you know. Yeah, and shitty Kobe. <laughs> I think Costco Kobe is probably the nicer way to say Kirkland, it. But Kirkland that might be Kobe. more insulting to Costco at this point. <laughs> yeah. He's Air Monarchs Kobe. He's New Balance Kobe. He's ninety nine. He's dollar store Kobe. Not even though, because that that implies it's only a penny less, right? Ninety nine cents. Costco? Huh? Costco stuff costs more than a dollar. Yeah, I guess that's true. I yeah, guess that's true. But he's still like, yeah. I, I I'm enjoying this adamantly. I'm loving every second of this. Get out of the league. 
I can't wait. Relegate the Spurs. <laughs> Relegate Popovich. <laughs> he's got to coach in the G League. He's gonna. He's got to be at the the general manager of, of a G League team. Yeah, he needs to learn how to win with not good players. Greg G League Popovich. That's actually what the G in his first uh, initial stands for. Yeah, that's the extra G is for G League. <laughs> The Lakers, the Lakers win one fourteen to one oh four without really even trying. Like Anthony Davis was kind of floating around out there. They, no one other than LeBron really tried until the fourth quarter. LeBron actually was pretty bought in seemingly for the entire game and yeah. had his foot on the gas. But like everyone else, nobody else really showed up until that fourth quarter. And then Anthony Davis scored like I, I believe the last nine points that really mattered. And then mm-hmm. there was like some garbage time, but he had nine straight. LeBron was incredible, 33 and 14. Um, yeah, I mean, the Lakers are 15 and two now, best record in the NBA. Question: How do you do the above 500 thing? Like, how do you compute? How how do you, yeah, compute that? This is a trick question because you asked me this in Slack, and I said, Anthony, I don't understand math, and so <laughs> I'm not kidding. Somebody added me saying I was doing X games about 500 or above 500 wrong. I've been thinking about it ever since. I've always just done X number, like you subtract the the number of losses from the number of wins. But I guess you technically are supposed to now divide that in half. I do not understand how that works. I right now more shook than Greg Popovich after Tim Duncan retired. (laughs) I've been thinking about it for 36 hours. I I can't get it out of my head. That was like some 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 brain terrorist stuff that that one person added me with. The Lakers are some number of games <laughs> above 500. We know this. For the first time since the 1800s, they are uh I'm just going to say it. They're 13 games above 500. They are 15 and 2. Take that. Yeah. If I, that's if that's the incorrect math then then whatever. Then I'm an English major, I'm not supposed to be good at math anyway. But they are 13 games above 500. Uh, like you said, they just kind of like wandered around and then late in the third quarter, early in the fourth quarter, really took it to San Antonio in San Antonio and beat them. Um, yeah, I, you, you talked about LeBron James line, 33-14, uh, was shooting the ball well too, 4 of 7 from three-point range. Anthony Davis was having a pretty quiet night until the fourth quarter when all of a sudden the Lakers started running, putting him in pick and roll. I, could, could we talk about that? Well, uh, we can talk about that. I do want to say just I I also said the quiet night thing, but I think that we should clarify quiet night offensively. I I thought he was actually really good defensively as he's been the entire season for basically the whole game. I mean, maybe, you know, everyone had a couple lapses tonight, but like he was overall, I thought, pretty stellar on that end for most of the night. Yeah, he uh, but I kind of wanted to talk about the. Yeah, we let's talk about the pick and roll thing, because I I know that this is something that you want to touch on. He's. Every time the Lakers put him in a pick and roll, it feels like they're getting a good shot. Now, whether like what kind of production they're actually getting out of those sets, like you, I would actually have to like dive into the numbers and stuff. But but it feels like they're getting a good shot out of those sets just about every time. And you know, for an offense that has struggled for chunks of the year to to kind of be consistently going um, in the right direction. It's really starting to look better because Rondo was a natural pick and roll partner with with Anthony Davis uh, in the fourth quarter. LeBron and Davis were running a lot more or, or ran a few pick and roll sets themselves. So you, you're you're looking at a, a a player who's a legitimate weapon, and Pete's stoked about it too. Um, 
you're looking at a player who's a legitimate weapon who I don't think was necessarily being used properly all year. Frank Vogel admitted that, and now they're using it a little bit more. And it just it feels like it's even if it isn't producing points per se. You're, the point of running an offense, the point of a system on offense is to get good shots, and I feel like that's the Lakers' best way to get good shots. I somewhat agree with you, but I guess my one counterpoint would be, I think, number one, like, this clearly works, and it's something where they clearly have chemistry. I think we even saw that going back to the preseason, and I, I'd i be – I don't know that you could even get, an, like, an honest answer from Vogel on this, but I would be interested – to ask him if this is the type of thing where they just don't want to show too much of it on tape yeah. before the postseason and have teams like game planning for it, have like, you know, games and games and games worth of footage of that and like save it as kind of a break glass in case we need a win type thing. I also think that like beyond it just becoming more predictable, I, I do think that if you play that more, teams are going to start figuring out better ways to deal with it during yeah. the regular season. And you're going to have like you're going to have teams just kind of switch it and see if Le- like kind of dare LeBron to beat their big off the dribble, who whichever big they had guarding Anthony Davis, well, which again, like that might go very well for the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I-, I think that they're way like. I just I think it's more of they just don't want to necessarily show it too much in the regular season and save that as more of like, a, OK, we're going to go to this a lot more during the playoffs. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think there's something to that. It also having Davis roll to the basket can sometimes put him in awkward situations from a physical standpoint. Right. Because he can't yeah. help himself. He's going to try to jump over three people on his way to the rim. He's going to go crashing into the stands behind the basket because he tries to make a spectacular play, even when the Lakers are up 13 in like the third quarter, right? Uh, You also, if Davis is running the pick and rolls, that sometimes means that like Dwight Howard or JaVale McGee aren't being put in those pick and rolls. And now you ask yourself, well, what what purpose are are those guys serving if they aren't rolling to the rim, I there are reasons why they, why I could understand why they've been a little reluctant to go to that. It's just you know, it's so I, clearly their their best weapon offensively consistently that just <laughs> when you do need a basket, go to that. Do that. Yeah, the other thing is. <laughs> It's a marathon, not a sprint. And so if they know that that works, it may be even beyond just saving it for the playoffs. It might just be the type of thing where, okay, we know we have this going for us. Let's keep trying to do these other things. Let's try and find a couple other looks that we can go to that work. Let's try and figure out other lineups we can get on the floor, other plays that we can run with those lineups and sit like to get some good action going and stuff so that it's not. I think that they probably just don't want to become one dimensional. Like we're only I mean, I know that every every win and loss feels like it matters right now because it it really does it's starting to feel I want to see where they're at after like 30 games before we really start to talk about this too much Mm -hmm. but it does the way that this season has started it does feel like the Lakers are really going to maybe have a chance to try and chase some history here Mm -hmm. whether that's franchise history league history or just like recent NBA history in terms of like best records in the regular season or really trying to challenge for the number one seed or wherever that whatever that may be so it's easy to get caught up in game to game like oh what did they run they didn't run this like 
really this lineup that I really like or they didn't play this yeah. player that I really like as much. And it's like I think right now they're still even though their record's been great, I think they're very much still in like let's and this is a theme that I touched on yesterday with Jazz of like, let's just keep throwing stuff at the wall. It's like when you're testing to see if spaghetti's ready and you're just like waiting for that one to stick. And I think Vogel <laughs> is basically just chucking spaghetti at the wall right now and just waiting for like for him to have a couple usable noodles to go to late in games and in playoff situations. Now I'm just picturing you cooking spaghetti. Like you know, wait. Have you never tried that? That's not how you test if it's ready. You know, that's not the only way you can do that, though. Yeah, but it's the most fun way. <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> Who's in no, charge no, no. of the See, cleanup? The key is you only do it when you're cooking at your parents' house. <laughs> Sorry, mom. <laughs> all right, all right. I'll give you that. You ready for you ready for un- un- unexpected content? Uh sure. Rajon Rondo finishes the game plus thirteen. High, he was that was the the high number of the game. Yeah, I honestly think that you owe an apology to Rajon Rondo. No, <laughs> I think you do. <laughs> What's my apology going to be? I, I think you need to apologize for saying that he's trash and useless. Like I, I think that he's shown that he has some utility. I think we should. We honestly should have staged a whole segment out of this like new intervention. We already intervened on you last week <laughs> uh, for like. <laughs> washed kinging lebron into <laughs> becoming good and so the key i think it's for me to just criticize everything and then be wrong all the time honestly i think that your criticism has fueled this lakers turnaround <laughs> like i think you called you called jason kidd like the greatest you, you were like oh jason kidd's definitely gonna, gonna gonna commit a coup and he's like i'm gonna prove anthony wrong and not do that <laughs> you, you were like rondo's gonna be terrible and he's like oh you don't think that i'll try in the regular season watch me try and actually be useful <laughs> lebron was like you think i'm washed let me show you 33 and 14 within like fewer than 36 minutes first laker to ever do that tonight against the spurs <laughs> and i think it's all a credit to you to be honest even though you still should probably apologize to rondo all right here's what i'll say about rondo he serves a purpose given roster construction but as soon as they acquire a point guard who can do similar things to what rondo brings to the table he probably shouldn't be on the roster he's still really bad defensively he still hurts the lakers uh shooting it was funny the at one point during the fourth quarter they had the lineup out there of kcp danny green kyle kuzma lebron and anthony davis that, that, I think that's going to be one of the Lakers' better lineups that they're going to go to over the course of the season. Yeah. There was a play that Anthony Davis got the ball in, like, the pinch post, turned around, looked into – you look at the key, and there is nobody standing in the key because there are a bunch of shooters uh, playing around Anthony Davis that the opposing defense has to respect. Literally, the very next play after that, or the next dead ball after that, Rajon Rondo comes in for Kyle Kuzma and the next play that Anthony Davis had the ball there were two players in the key and then there was some weird spacing I think he and Danny Green weren't on the same page and he had to shoot like a fadeaway three-pointer that barely hit the rim hey but that's that's honestly that's just a bad read by Anthony Davis against like (laughs) Pop's like we've established now that Greg Popovich is a poor NBA basketball coach without Tim Duncan and tonight like he just left the Lakers best three-point shooters open again and again like he put if you want a recap of tonight's game this is one of the few times I'm going to direct you away from our website go to Joey Ramirez's Twitter timeline and he rounded up a bunch of possessions of DeMar DeRozan guarding LeBron there's your recap of tonight's (laughs) game and it's just LeBron just getting every open shot 
shot that he could ever possibly want to go four of seven. Rondo went three of three. So honestly, AD should have kicked it out. Rondo had it going tonight. <laughs> that's honestly AD's fault for not recognizing the hot hand. Yeah, I, I guess that's true. <laughs> Noted selfish player Anthony Davis missed the open shooter that that should have gotten more shots. We should have. Hey. I, <laughs> I'm just saying, I, like, he just shouldn't be a ball hawk, you know? Like, Rondo had it going. <laughs> we should just keep raising the, the bar here, see how much we can crap on the Lakers so that they can continue to just go out of their way to prove us wrong. Yeah, no, no maybe this should be a recurring bit where, like, Anthony, who do you hate on the Lakers this week so they can play well next week? <laughs> so we've already washed King was a thing. KCP was I was pretty mean to him at the beginning of the year. Yeah, you cyberbullied KCP into becoming an NBA player. <laughs> I gotta find something to pick on Anthony Davis for next. That's that's oh, my can next you thing. imagine like if you like if you criticize Anthony Davis, he's gonna average like probably five made made threes a game, not five attempts. Yeah, <laughs> Just start averaging like thirty five points a game. It was funny. He did look like he was making a concerted effort to just get those five three points. There was a couple of possessions where he just turned and heaved it at the basket without really recognizing what kind of a shot he was actually taking. But but yeah, it was all, all in all. I'm not going to complain about this win at all. It was the you know they wind up sweeping their their road trip right. They're on their way back home after this. No, they have uh they have the Mavs in Dallas on Wednesday. Or sorry, no, Mavs are at home on Friday. The, they have the Pelicans, Pelicans. on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, how how did we forget that game? Honestly, we should <laughs> we should talk about that one a little bit. I probably yeah. Let's do that on the other half of the uh, on the other half of the break. Okay, so before we get to the Pelicans, because I do want to talk about that game a little bit, although I'm sure Alex and Alex will preview that too, so we shouldn't spend too much time on mm -hmm. it. I want to talk a little bit about Vogel talked about wanting AD to shoot five threes a game on this uh, on this road trip, which I think is I think we are probably both in agreement. That's smart coaching. You know, you like, I think that's a good move. Like if he's not shooting them well, then obviously you ease it back, but it's good to kind of give him a number and tell him to go out there and shoot it. Okay. So like uh, what I'm about to say, I don't want any of this to come off as criticism. It's not, I'm just wondering where do we draw the line where it's like too many threes for Anthony Davis, considering all the other things that he can do. How many would Vogel have to say, do you think before you're like, all right, this is probably a misusage of Anthony Davis, even in the modern NBA. You know what I mean? Like even if he's shooting them decently. Yeah. I, I don't think I would want him going much higher than five unless he's really feeling it. Yeah, I think, like, the point that I got to was, like, I think he could get to six or seven without it sounding like he's trying to prank us all. <laughs> like, like I was joking on Twitter last night. What if Vogel just gets bored with this win streak and he's like, I got to decrease expectations. All right, Anthony, you're <laughs> shooting 15 threes a game. Rondo, I want you to try and score 40. He's just like, yeah, it's like I got to get us a loss or this is going to get out of control. What, what, what Davis needs to do, so they're obviously playing him a lot more power forward than he has over the course of his career yeah right and if you're going to do that you need one of your front court players to be able to stretch the floor so even if anthony davis isn't shooting the ball particularly well he's still a greater threat from out there than dwight howard or javel mcgee are going to be so how dare you have you not watched dwight howard's after game <laughs> three-point shooting workouts that man is like a hundred percent from the field when the games are not on <laughs> that used to be kcp's thing yeah, now it's in-game. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I think I, I like that Vogel is saying that. I wouldn't want Davis going too much higher than 
five because then it starts to feel unnatural and as long as it feels like it comes within the flow of the offense and within the flow of the game five three-pointers in a 30 what is he playing nowadays 34 35 minutes a game he is averaging uh i have this pulled up right here he is averaging 34.9 minutes per game yeah so five three-pointers in 35 minutes of of basketball time out there is that's really easy to do and I, honestly i think he kind of forgot about it early on in the game and then later recognized oh crap that's right i have to get these shots it was like up. when you remember you have an assignment due the next day <laughs> <laughs> like me when i when I, it's my turn to do the byron chapter which yeah, we are doing exactly. by the way in the second half of the show yeah uh but yeah i i don't know i i like the and the other thing too He's actually playing just to talk about you because you said this is maybe the most power forward he's ever played. It literally is right now. He's at he's at 66, according to basketball reference, 66 percent of his minutes this year have come at power forward, which his previous high was 61 percent. And that was during his rookie year. So since his rookie year, he's now uh, actually never mind, 64 percent during his third year. Um, but yeah. like either way, this is still right now. This is still the most power forward he's ever played. Yeah, and and the other thing I was going to say about Vogel with the threes thing is that it adds kind of a fun wrinkle to the game. I think over to, over eighty two games, the NBA season can get kind of boring, and by introducing this and having this goal out there that Davis gets to go out and try every single game, I actually think that can add a, a fun an, an element of of fun to a regular season that can become a bit of a drag. Yeah, I think for fans and for probably for the players themselves, like yeah. imagine if I just like if every single day you logged into Slack and I was just like, Anthony, I want you to write about why Anthony Davis is good again. Like, and that was it. <laughs> that was my only prompt. Right. I was just like, tell me why Anthony Davis is good today. Well, you get bored. And we, so we, we I, would, I, it would have to be something that actually produces numbers, right? So it would, it would have to be, be like because Anthony Davis being good, that's not the I kind of like analysis. Just wrote, Here's why Anthony Davis should win MVP every single day. That probably would do numbers like well, you would become a running joke. Yeah. We should. All right. Yeah. That's my next thing. That's my next. Yeah. Project. Anthony Davis MVP stat of the day. Oh. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> like the actual kind of numbers producer that that you would want me to produce would be like Kobe Bryant trade rumors. Yeah, I don't think Kobe is not the SEO bait you think it is anymore. <laughs> then stop making me write about him. All right, let's. <laughs> that's just because it amuses me. But it's kind of like Vogel telling him to attempt 15 threes a game. That that's where it, like the trend line goes backwards. But no, I mean it's I think you've seen LeBron. Yeah. I think you've seen LeBron rally around this. You've seen the other guys rally around it. They seem yeah. to be excited that he's like attempting these threes and gassing them up a little bit about it. And yeah. so like I think that can be a positive thing for a team just in the sense of they're all supporting each other. And like we just keep seeing it. This team keeps rallying around each other. And we'll see if that changes like when they start to hit any level of adversity. But um, right now, like, you know, they're really the, the chemistry appears to be incredible. And I, I think they're playing things just right. It's a very likable team. In Which is not something I would have ever expected you to say, the way that you were talking about this team heading into the season. <laughs> I wasn't completely shitting on them, other than Rondo. But, and White. And White. <laughs> and Anthony Davis for uh, not being willing to play his best position. Well, that and, like, giving up too much for Anthony Davis. Given and the context of the negotiation. So overrated. Not getting Kawhi. All right, yeah. that's fine. That's fair. Reddit, you've yeah. been right this whole time. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Just by me saying, like, Anthony, maybe just wait before you rush to judgment. I think I was right. Uh, 
I, you know, I don't operate that way. No, I would not be the same. I would you're, not you're have. I would not have this. This. I don't know. What do we want to call my career? I wouldn't have this career. Multimedia empire. Yeah, I wouldn't have. Yes, this locked on Lakers empire. If I was, you know, boring. Um, yeah, if only there were money in podcasts, you'd be good to go. <laughs> Oh, nobody's going to get that joke, but... No, that one was just for you. Yeah, it was, it's a good one. It's a good one. We're getting better with this. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's do your Byron chapter. Okay. All right. We're going we're gonna to go to Byron chapter? No, wait. Oh, we we got to talk, about, talk about, about New Orleans. Yeah. 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 Let's... All right. The, the Pelicans thing, I actually thought the Lakers might kind of overlook the game that they just won in San Antonio. Wow, the the media certainly was. The questions that shoot around were all about going back to New Orleans today. Like, how could the like again? More evidence. Pop is a bad coach. That like he was not playing those videos of them just exclusive and headlines of them exclusively talking about the Pelicans mm-hmm. the day they're playing the Spurs, and they still just went out and whooped the Spurs. Like, didn't yep. even give them any extra motivation. Nothing. Like, yeah, I, I again. Pop is a bad NBA coach. I, I don't know. There's going to be like one person who takes this seriously that like we're actually saying that he's a bad NBA coach and gets really mad and it's going to make my day tomorrow. <laughs> I don't know why anybody wouldn't take this seriously. I've been nothing, <laughs> nothing but serious throughout this whole conversation. Uh, the Pelicans thing is interesting. I thought LeBron's thoughts on it were were on point. You know, this idea that at the end of the day, What's going to get you through that is focusing on the basketball and escaping into the basketball. And once the ball actually, once the game is live, all of that other noise can go out the window. And Anthony, like, do you think he floats? Like, how do you think he approaches this game tomorrow? Because it's been a while since he had that, like, oh, shit kind of performance. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to get that from him, I think it's going to be in a game like this one against the Pelicans. Like, um, I-, I thought it was funny that, like, he threw the subtle shade at, uh, at the at, like, the late, former Lakers young core mm-hmm. talking about this matchup. Like, they got, you know, they got three guys that are going to be looking to take our heads off, you know, if they play um, <laughs> and kind of thing. And yeah. so I-, I think he's clearly, like, the fact that he's talked about LeBron telling him, you know, you got to go out, like, because LeBron dropped 38, I believe, in his return to Cleveland. And that was in, like, three quarters, I'm pretty sure, because mm-hmm. I-, I remember that game was never in doubt no. after, like, five minutes. And uh, so, like, I think LeBron, he said LeBron was challenging him to go out there and, like, top that. LeBron was kind of talking about, like, you know, how how, like, that can kind of, you know, calm you down and like get, be a, be a rallying point for everyone. Um, if you just go out there and get it done when they all have your back and all that stuff. So I think this game could end up being a really good thing for the team, uh, you know, provided that they handle it in the right way. And AD is able to handle it in the right way. And I think he even talked about how the team he's been kind of waiting for this because the team booed him in his first home game after the all-star break and all that. And so, Oh yeah. Maybe it was after the trade demand the or crowd, whatever. the crowd booed him, not his yeah, teammates. Yeah, his home crowd booed him. Did I right. say teammates? You said the team booed him. <laughs> oh, my bad. No, home crowd. I mean, I can't confirm or deny if the team booed him, but I kind of doubt it. Jalil like, Okafor is just like, like, boo. like no, Drew, Drew. <laughs> yes, the crowd in New Orleans yeah. booed him. Um, you know, be after the trade demand or after the trade deadline or whatever. And I think he's like ready to go out and show them like, you know, that's all folks. And yeah. 
that that has to be one of the things like if the Lakers do win or, or let alone win handily, right? Like they Lakers fans, if you're going to be at the game tomorrow, get a that's all folks chant going. Wear some Looney Tunes gear. Yeah. Just well, Space I mean, Jam too as well. Elmer uh, Jared Fudley is going to be there, so <laughs> so mean. <laughs> <laughs> he's never gonna come on my show dang it yeah you just lost him as a guest <laughs> it was actually there was like an outside chance but yeah that's gone <laughs> i hope you're happy <laughs> but they but lakers fans if you're there and the lakers start pulling away or whatever get that chant going that's all folks you know and they, they there i handed it right to you enjoy that um, it's like your version of when Bill Simmons came up with a Twitter account that just exclusively tweeted out bad chants. <laughs> well, this isn't a bad chant, right? No, no, no. I don't mean bad as in like inappropriate. Like I just mean bad as in bad. Like that wasn't really great. You didn't. You thought that was bad? Yeah, that's all. Fo- I mean, it just doesn't go with the beat. Like you got to figure out a different way to do it. Yeah, I guess it's probably better anyways if like Davis basically dunks the refrigerator point. Right, the, the the shot that he makes that puts the game in the refrigerator, and as he's walking to the free throw line, maybe it's an and one. He screams at the crowd, "That's all, folks!" That yeah. would be how that. funny would it be? That would be an all time NBA Twitter moment if they caught him or LeBron mouthing to each other, "That's all, folks!" After a key play in that game. Do you think it would be funnier if it was on one, <clears throat> excuse me, on one key play, or if it was over the course of the game? That like every time LeBron and AD locked eyes or whatever, they would say like. I think it would get older if they did it over the course of the game. I think if it was one key play at the end, like you, you he hits like a big three in the fourth quarter to put them up like twelve or something and put the game out of reach. Like mm-hmm. then I think him just catching him screaming and you can read his lips and he's saying that's all, folks. Yeah, like that'd be an all time, and we'd put that on a t shirt. Like yeah, I well that was my other question is that like is it too late for the Lakers to walk into the arena tomorrow or Wednesday actually wearing that's all folks t-shirts. I'm sure LeBron could get them branded ones from space jam. I'm just saying like LeBron's got a Warner brothers connect. That needs to happen. Right? LeBron, We know you listen to the show. You can make this happen. Like, and then, and then like, and then Anthony Davis, when he's asked about the shirts says like, actually I chose the shirt this time. It wasn't, it wasn't somebody, something that somebody laid out for me. Or he's like, we all pick these out for each other. So none of us actually pick them for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's how that that's how that needs to go. It was like Secret Santa, but for post game shirts. <laughs> and they're all the same shirt. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's see your Byron chapter. Okay, so this was uh this was quite uh, th- this was a bit of a banger of Byron chapter. Hell like yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Um let <laughs> me go funny. back to because you've you've had this read now for two weeks, right? You yeah, did it I for last show. Forgot, and like, then and then we ran out of time. So it was funny to hear you say, like, oh, I gotta remember what chapter it was. And then when you looked off screen at, at what chapter it was, the delight in your voice was amazing to behold. Yeah. I saw the first note or the it was actually the last <laughs> note of the chapter because yeah. that was the page I flipped to first, but it was like, Oh, this is that chapter. Now I remember. <laughs> okay. Right. So, we've um, talked it up. Yeah, Byron, this is the chapter where he talked – the subhead of this little part of this chapter is winning without your leader. The chapter is actually working on your strength. So for those of you, all three of you that have been reading along with us, this is the chapter to go to. Um, and Byron 
talks about getting hired as Cavaliers head coach. Mm-hmm. And uh, like after leaving New Orleans and all that stuff, we went over that, I believe, in the last Byron's book club. Mm-hmm. Um, and he talks about going into it. Ownership really didn't think LeBron was going to leave. Part of the reason they wanted to hire me may have been my relationship with Chris Paul. They were trying to lure him over to the Cavs to join forces with LeBron. And since I had coached Paul in New Orleans, they saw me as a perfect fit to coach the team. How big of a gut punch to Cavs fans is that paragraph right there? Woof. Yeah. <laughs> the problem with that, though, is that the the guys, the Heatles, had that plan for like a year. So yeah. he just had no, bad Cavs information. Apparently was very sure that LeBron was saying. So Byron just says, if that's what they were thinking, I was thinking, either way, I'm good. So <laughs> Byron was going into the job like, LeBron leaves, who cares? I can figure this out. <laughs> You're right. It's a banger. <laughs> yes. Um, so then Byron basically dunks on Woj and essentially implies that he's the biggest NBA insider out there. He doesn't actually say that. Mm-hmm. But so he says uh, uh, he's he said he went to he wasn't so sure about that. So he wanted to he went to go talk to Cavs ownerships. And this is what he said. You know what I said? Let me call one of my guys who knows him well and find out if he's coming back or not. So Byron like. Could be the biggest insider in the sport if he wanted to, because he just has guys that know what LeBron's going to do all mm-hmm. the time, but he just doesn't do it. Um, this was about four days before the decision. So four days before um, that I called up a very good friend of LeBron's and he said, coach, let me get back to you. Ten minutes later, he called me back and broke the news. What was that guy doing over that ten minutes? <laughs> oh, you asked me to do something. My bad. Whoever this friend was, like, do you think that they just, like, they called, uh, they just were like, okay, hold on, let me ask, LeBron, are you leaving? And LeBron's like, yeah, and he's like, okay, I'm going to call Byron back, but in, like, nine minutes, I'm going to make it seem more important. (laughs) Okay, so then this person calls Byron back and breaks the news. He's gone. Byron says, I told Chris Grant that my sources had told me he was leaving, but Grant didn't believe it. No one in the organization wanted to believe it. No one in the state of Ohio wanted to believe it. They really felt that he wouldn't leave, so they weren't prepared for it. Um, And then he talks about turning on the special, seeing LeBron say, I'm taking my talents to South Beach. And then this is what he writes. Okay, I guess my guy was right, I thought, as I turned the TV off. (laughs) And I went back to ranking the rest of the guys. Then I got in my car and forgot all about it. That's just how my mind works. There's no need to dwell on bad news. Of course, of course, he said, <laughs> we're good. We're moving and on. He, and then he says, he goes, he talks about the letter for the infamous Comic Sans letter from <laughs> Gilbert. And he says, Gilbert's letter set my tenure off with the Cavs off to a bad start. It wasn't the attitude I hoped for. I didn't want to look back. I wanted to have a positive attitude and move forward. But essentially, he like is implying that like a week onto the job, his vision of ownership that he had just signed on for for multiple years was yeah. kind of tarnished. By this letter. And on one hand, how could it not be? That was like, you know, kind of like if you're a player, a former player, I could see how you would think that was really lame. Even in the moment. I know that public sentiment back then was like, oh, yeah, way to go, Dan Gilbert. Like, you know, you like don't let him just leave without whatever. Like that was kind of was very popular amongst like the. The middle aged white people wearing sunglasses in their cars for their abbeys on Twitter. That would have been really popular on hipster Twitter if that was a thing that really existed back then. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And then I guess there's not a whole lot else in this chapter. Just the one other highlight that I did was uh, he was talking about uh, this, this subhead is called making successful adjustments. And he basically talks about fixing Tristan Thompson's uh, free throw shooting by getting convincing him to switch hands, which I think that actually did kind of turn his free throw shooting around. So credit to Byron for that. But you got to appreciate the traditional Byron Scott frankness with which he says this. This is an actual just sentence. Tristan's problem was that he was a terrible free throw shooter with no post moves. That, but other than that, yeah, other than that, great player. He <laughs> called him a real workhorse. Um, <laughs> so, that's so Byron, dude. You suck. You should maybe consider using your whole other hand. Yeah, he's like to fight people because that <laughs> is the way that you will be useful. <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's why Tristan Thompson actually switched hands byron had him punching a wall with his shooting hand and he had no choice but to switch hands and go with the left or byron punched his other hand so hard that it just like he like like, did the whole like knuckles thing byron like lifted his fist and said all right dude dap it up bang yeah with mike green like mike green was actually announcing that in the background bang look that's just good coaching i can't (laughs) argue with it (laughs) might be abuse this is how you get to write strategies for success for people. So, yeah, I just I thought it was hilarious that he was just like, yeah, I knew four days before that LeBron was leaving. And, you know, it was just whatever. Like, I don't care. And nobody wanted to listen to him. Yeah. How long did but he, he was last right. in Cleveland? So, how long did he? He was there for what, two years? He was there for one year. One year. Uh, no, hold on. Hold on. I'm going to look this up. Um, That's hilarious. If it's only one year. That's probably that whole shade that he threw towards Dan Gilbert's letter is coming from a place of like those mother. Oh, no, he was there three years. What a sad, sad chapter. Yeah, I thought he got fired midseason, but he actually made it through all 82 games his final season. I I guess they probably had like an option with his contract and just didn't. I mean, at that point, they were so bad. That was, that, what the, that was what the Lakers did. They had an option they just didn't pick up. They didn't yeah. really fire him. Well, you may you may as well, like, if you're going to be as bad as the the Cavs were going to be or as bad as the Lakers were, why pay two head coaches while you're being that bad? Yeah, and so, I mean, like, he taught Kyrie how to win, and we've seen how that's gone, so, you know. <laughs> Nobody in the NBA is having a tougher season right now than Kyrie, just perception-wise. Yeah. Shouts to Byron. He's He's my favorite, dude. Yeah, honestly, I'm learning a lot of how to deflect blame and like re- like honestly, this is a gr- this book is great if you're trying to learn how to write your resume because you just learn how to phrase no matter what happens to you, mm-hmm. you learn how to write it in a positive way. Yeah. It's kind of incredible. And yeah. honestly, that's a mindset we should all aspire to. Like, if you have failures, you should figure out a way to make that in your head that actually it wasn't so bad. Like, I- I'm honestly jealous of that ability. <laughs> this morning I wrote the pod post and I forgot the headline deck title image to change the permalink and do the social or the the search headline uh so really though the positive was that i just put it off for when i was of sounder mind than i was when i wrote that thing late last night so you were giving me more creative freedom to edit that and frame it in the way that i thought was best yeah like i woke i had you waking up and i wanted you to be on your toes as soon as you woke up this morning no, it was better than a cup of coffee. So I got to thank you for that. Meanwhile, like I'm out here, like I waved at someone at a basketball game I was at last night and I think they either didn't see me, but they didn't wave back. And then by the third quarter, I had convinced myself that they hated me and were never going to talk to me again. So <laughs> who was it? Oh, I'm not going to say. I'll, I'll tell you off air. It was a, it was a Cal State Fullerton game. It's no one people would know. Uh, okay. All right. Well, 
Thanks, Byron. That was that was amazing. Thanks to the Lakers. They have two. So the last time they did this was one of like the Kobe Powell seasons where they had two eight-game winning streaks that were split by just one loss in between. Yeah. Uh, so this is a they're they're a legitimately really really good team. And yeah, I mean everybody said like we all talked about this is going to be an easy schedule to start, but it really hasn't been. Like there have been a lot of teams that were better than expected mm-hmm. in here. It hasn't been the hardest schedule no. by any means, but like it hasn't been a cakewalk of a schedule either. Like the Spurs were worse than I think people expected, so they're one of the exceptions there. But a lot of these teams, the Lakers caught them kind of at their best. Yeah, the Lakers have yet to lose to a, a sub five hundred team, which. If you're going for, you know, one of the all-time best records or playoff seating, like those are the wins that you have to take home. Those are the wins that you can't let slip away because you're going to play more bad teams than you are going to play really, really good teams. And in this case, they, you know, while it might be frustrating at at times and for, you know, you and Christian and myself and anybody who has to write the recaps – for these things, it's, it's tonight wasn't so bad. They kind of wrapped this up with about five minutes left, so yeah. that tonight was all right. But you know, over the course of the game, you didn't know necessarily which direction it was going to go. So yeah. yes, it, it has been sometimes frustrating in that respect. But they're winning, uh, and they're building a nice little gap between them and the Clippers in their own division. Uh, the rest of the the rest of the conference, as they kind of fight against each other, though Denver is is keeping pace. Because they're really good too, uh, it's it's just it's been a really fun start to the year. That even the optimists about this team, I don't think they saw this coming. It's kind of fun. Yeah, that'll do it for this episode of the Lake Show and this week's episode of the Lake Show. Make sure you guys are tuning in for the rest of the shows across this feed. Harrison has one more point to make, though. Yes, and before 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 you leave. Just remember, please leave an iTunes question this week. Anthony yes. and I are going to do a mailbag next week. We'll open it up, uh-huh. and we're going to clear out all the questions in there. So just hmm. leave us uh, leave us as many questions as you can handle. Start now because sometimes those things delay in showing up. So if you leave it like – if you procrastinate and you're like me on, on a college essay and you leave it till Sunday night, like we may not see it on Monday because that thing doesn't refresh super fast. So yeah. leave it now. Leave us your question. You know, try and keep it evergreen if you can, just because like that way, you know, it's not about what happened in you know the Pelicans game and it, that's irrelevant by that time. Mm-hmm. We're gonna clear those out. So go ask a question. We'll answer it. It can be about anything. Anything. It doesn't even have to be about basketball. Asking conversations between me and Harrison about food and drink are legitimately funny because we are the opposite human being. Yeah. All that good stuff. Have a great rest of your week, everybody. And we will talk to you again next Tuesday.